Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to our special guest, Seth Holhouse from Man in America. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Friday, November 25th in the year 2022. All sorts of wild things in the world, but we're not going to focus on the wild things in the world today. Instead, we're going to focus on reason and wisdom and logic and all those good things that come from a good interview. And that interview today is with Seth Holhouse from Man in America, someone who I really enjoy talking to. I think you'll enjoy the show tonight. Interview is about an hour and 15 minutes, just so you know. And today, of course, is Plague Friday, or I guess we call it Black Friday. And hopefully, if you've gone shopping, you've gone well-armed and well-equipped. Body armor, helmet required, sidearm is recommended, and a baseball bat on your back. It's literally like going out into the planet of the walking dead when you go out there. You know, the thing that drives me nuts, and I, I mean this, is the these all these sellers and retailers start dropping all these sales. And a few of them, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, two weeks ago, I just bought something from you. And now you're telling me it's 20% off, 30% off. And many of them will go like, well, sorry, you didn't wait till Black Friday. And I'm like, well, sorry, you're not going to get any more of my business after this either. It's it's a lunacy day. I've never had so many emails hit my account in one day. It's like everybody primes up for the entire year to flood your account. But that said, there's two things I want you to think about tonight that are worthy and they're good, either a Christmas gift or just in preparation for this time of year. One is food, which is Patriot Supply, and two is preparation for the training of your self-defense plan. Let's start with Patriot Supply. Patriots, if you didn't know, America is running out of diesel fuel. The Energy Information Administration says that there's less than 25 days remaining in our national stockpile. Now, if trucks can't get fuel, they also can't deliver food to the grocery stores. What then? If you don't have emergency food stocked up, go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com right now and grab a special limited time offer from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. You'll save $250 on their three-month emergency food kit, which gives you a wide variety of breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. My Patriot Supply wants to help you be your own grocery store. So for a limited time, you'll save $250 on their three-month food kit. Be sure to get one kit for each person in your family. This offer ends in just a few days. So go right now to preparewithbards.com and grab your $250 discount on each three-month kit you need. That's preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Patriots, there's nothing like having the security of food in your home. So remember, go to preparewithbards.com and take advantage of this amazing offer. Oh, yeah, Patriots. So it's your supplies of food and your training. That's what comes next. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution 
and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. All right, Patriots, without further ado, let's get on with the best interview of the night, Seth Holthouse from Man in America. Well, Patriots, I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to today's show because I have Seth from Man in America on again, and he's just one of these voices that when you're podcasting and you meet people that just have just great minds and we just get along, it's just one of these great voices to connect with. Always an honor to have him on the show. And so, Seth, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, Scott, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I, I have to say, I'm extremely excited to be here. I mean, I've done a lot of shows and, and had a lot of guests, but for some reason, uh, it's it's your voice that that is commonly resonating across the halls of the whole house house, and uh, it's just it's such a an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's the same. It's going to be an enjoyable show today. Seth, first of all, let's start with some updates because you've been doing a lot of, like everybody else that's paying any attention, you've been doing a lot of prepping and getting your kind of homestead going. So just give us an update on your homestead. How's that? Oh, wow. It's, you know, it's great question. And there's, so we just finished a few things. Last week, we just finished installing a, a brand new wood stove, uh, wood burning stove. So I had to rip out, we had a gas kind of vanity stove. I, I had to tear out and I built this whole alcove. You kind of, you kind of demoed half my living room. And then, um, you know, I had someone come in and help out with the brickwork and everything. And we just finished installing a wood stove. So now we can heat our entire house off of wood, which is great. Uh, Cause I, you know, over the summer I went and bought maybe 15 cords of wood just to stock up. So that's really good. We also just finished drilling our well. So we're now, uh, you know, we've got a, a, you know, 200, almost 200 foot well. So we're completely off grid in terms of heat and water, which are two of the critical ones. Um, we've been placing a lot of orders with Azure Market. Uh, you know, recently Azure Standard, we've got a lot of our bulk uh, stuff. And I, I've been buying up, I found that Tractor Supply, you can buy five gallon food grade uh, buckets for, for really inexpensive. Like I think last time I was there, like, like two for five dollars. That's a good sale tip because I've got I haven't checked them lately, but they are expensive. You're right. Yeah, and so I get the lids at Home Depot or Lowe's, depending on who has them in stock. I get the buckets at um, Tractor Supply. So we've been just filling up buckets with uh, you know hard red wheat and beans and, and oxygen packets and sealing those and getting those put away. Um, and then I recently so power and, and energy is a big a big one for us, and so. I, over the summer, I ended up getting a little uh, Kubota diesel, a little, um, it's a BX2380. It's a little, little diesel tractor. But what's great though, is that it's got a PTO, right? Which is a power uh, you know, transfer. So I can, I can basically hook up a lot of attachments to it. 
And then I went onto Facebook and I, I found this 300 gallon um, fuel tank, dual walled fuel tank. I got that filled up with some red diesel and I put some stabilizers. So that should last a good couple of years. And I recently got a, it's a Winco generator. So I can now hook up a generator that will put out about eight or 10 kilowatts uh, to the back of my um, diesel tractor, run that thing on idle and I can power the whole house. So it just becomes an, an additional fuel source uh, just in case the main grid goes down. And th- the next step is going to be solar, which I've got a few small solar projects working, um, but the you know, next one's going to be a little bit larger just to not to run the whole house, but just to give us some stability um, in time. We, and we've just been freeze drying a lot. Uh, we recently got a freeze dryer. So we've been freeze drying a lot of food for storage. Um, we've got, you know, the chickens are doing really well and, 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 um, just you know, keeping them healthy and feeding. And we've been doing, we recently started up a worm farm. So we have two different worm farms. So we've got a, a, a meal worm farm, which is that's going to become the chicken food because they just kind of say they start self-replicating once you get it going. And then we also bought this thing called a hungry bin, which is this, uh, it's an earthworm uh, bin that you put all your food scraps into. And the earthworms it has this little layered process. And what you get out of the bottom of it is this uh, worm tea. It's this liquid that's like one of the most nutritious uh, fertilizers you could imagine. And so you get about 10,000 or so earthworms in a healthy colony and you put in your, you know, your healthier food scraps and they in turn will over time give you a few cups of this stuff every day, which you can dilute and put it into your water because um, I'm thinking about, okay, how can we fertilize our, our ground without obviously relying on any fertilizer because you know the shortage is there. But I mean, I've always gone you know, locally for manure-based fertilizer anyway, but in case I can't have that, I've been thinking, how are we going to be able to have fertilizer? So we've been really kind of hitting a lot of the bases. We've got our seeds, you know, our seeds all, you know, kind of organized and stored and all the, you know, the fundamentals and, you know, trying to get the precious metals in order, you know, to the best we can. Uh, obviously it's not, um, I'd rather have uh, you know, a hundred pounds of wheat, then, you know, a few ounces of silver. So we're prioritizing the, the food and the water in the house, of course. But um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot more going on. I could probably talk for the next couple of hours of all the projects, but I, I feel like, you know, if you came and you did like an audit of the, of like the, the whole house homestead that you'd be, you'd be fairly satisfied with where we're at, which would make me proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing I'm, I'm, we're playing with here and I'll just share it because it may be of interest to you, but you kind of hit on the piece of this, the power issue is probably going to be more intermittent than is going to be total blackout, right? I mean, I, if it gets to the point where we're like lose the entire grid, we're in deeper trouble anyway. Oh yeah. Yes. But um, one thing to think about, and this is my dad's innovation. And it was really sharp. He just got some deep cycle batteries and we put an inverter on a, on a, like a trolley. And then we're getting solar as a pretty simple solar panel to be able to recharge that battery. So that battery allows for, to run like heaters in the house oh, or yeah. a, a small appliance. And it's, it gives you some portability in the house without having to do a major wiring issue for, and, and we're, we're looking at running a, 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 like a two different properties running solar on some key aspects anyway. But this idea I thought was just really innovative and just be able to mobilize, like move around and go, okay, we need to run this thing. And so you've got a battery and an inverter right there. So it's just a thought. It's a nice way of getting some flexibility in this, in the system and some redundancy. Oh, right? it's incredible. Yeah. That's a, it's a good point too. And I mean, I'm not really trying to get to a place where we can live in our entirety off 
you know, you know, with, with completely only solar. I'm looking at it and saying, okay, if we had to go one or two months without any kind of grid uh, infrastructure power that way, we've got enough to keep to keep things going. And that's my goal. And, and I agree with you. I think that I've I've probably done too many deep dives into what society looks like after an EMP. And if our grid goes down and to that degree, um, you know, after a year, you're lucky if a quarter of the population is still left. I mean, it's I'm not sure if many people understand the true ramifications of what happens if the grid goes down, uh, you know, for upwards of a year, because it's that's where you get to Mad Max type level of, of living. And I, you know, I pray to God that, that will never happen. I don't think that it will. I think that it's it's too extreme. Um, but I'm not preparing for that necessarily because that's something that it's like very few people will be able to get through something like that. I'm just trying to you know cover all the bases for some difficult times. Well, I want to kind of go back door into getting into some crypto stuff today in China, but take that example you just did, if you don't mind, and just walk us through kind of a quick Reader's Digest stepping of how that progress goes from, say, an EMP to a year later where you have a quarter of your population still remaining living, everybody else is wiped out. How does that so rapidly collapse? What's that progression? Sure. Well, and one thing just to say I mean, for folks is that an EMP, uh, which is there's a variety of ways you can achieve it's you know electromagnetic pulse, which is something that when it goes off, whether it's an EMP kind of bomb in and of itself, or what would be more commonly is that if someone say an enemy, let's just say that China or Russia or North Korea or Iran or or Joe Biden for all that matters, um, launches a a couple nukes over top of the America, but way up high into space those nukes go off and you don't have a, nothing hits the surface. There's no explosion that knocks over buildings, but all of a sudden everything goes off. You know, you're sitting there walking and, you know, all the, everything that has a electronic chip in it or computer just stops working all at once. And you might think, oh, the power's out and not think anything of it. But that's the, the beginning of an EMP. So an EMP literally could be, I'm not sure if you're probably familiar with the uh, Club K missile systems. Which are um, oh yeah, uh, monkey monkey and I did those uh, about two years oh, ago. Okay, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you know, an enemy could you know be sitting in a cargo ship. There could be um, you know you know weapons, you know EMP, you know warheads um, with literally sitting off the coast of our our country right now that could go off. So it's a very realistic scenario. But basically, if, if we walk through you know what would happen, kind of the Reader's Digest version of what would happen over the course of a year, and this is just to the best of my knowledge through my own research. Is that you know at first everyone's like oh hey the power's out okay they don't think anything of it but what you realize is or we don't realize most vehicles after sometime around the 70s um, require their computer chips to run and so instantly basically I mean now driving on the road how often do you see a vehicle that's pre 1970s right very very few and so all those vehicles stop running so instantly you have the entire trucking system is done. You know, the transportation of food is done. Um, after the first couple of days, when people realize their car won't start, their cell phone doesn't work, their um, you know their power is not on in their house, their water is not coming out of the faucet anymore because their their pump was hooked, you know is no longer getting power. You know, at first people are going to storm the grocery store. You know, um, you know you can't buy anything. Cash registers don't work. Lights don't work. So the first week or so, you know, you would have. 
uh, very quickly a society that would devolve into riots. You're going to have uh, looting, you're going to have uh, mass crime, etc. But the real issue is going to be starvation, starvation, and then um, illness from uh, you know people. A lot of people don't have a way of getting clean drinking water, so you're going to have people that start drinking um, from uh, public rivers or public bodies of water wherever they can find water. But you're also going to have a lot of people that are dying because they're starving. Because most grocery stores now, they're on a system where they're getting they're getting their deliveries a couple of days worth of food coming. Like they're not really stocking a store, you know, a month out. It's it's coming. It's all automated. It's coming, you know, truck by truck daily. So grocery stores would would be emptied out very quickly. You think about okay, well, how else would you get food? Well, freezers aren't going to be working, so all your food in the fridge is going to be rotting and, and decaying. Um, and you can't, again, you can't even drive to go get food. So people within weeks, you're going to have people starving to death, you know, that quickly. And as you're also going to have a a spike, a massive spike in crime, because even, you know, a neighbor, for instance, say he's a great person, was always a good neighbor, you know, could always trust him. If his children are starving, he's going to be robbing the neighbors next to him. Unfortunately, that just is how um, it gets. You know, they say that we're always, well, I think it's, um, you know, nine meals from anarchy, I think is yeah. the saying. Yeah, and exactly it. it's, it's absolutely true. Um, now there's not, you can't call 911. So you're going to have a lot of people. This is why it's important to understand how to protect your home and your property um, because people will be robbing to look for food. People are going to be looting, uh, et cetera. Now the real problem sets in though, after about a month or two, because then you have people that are um, dying uh, and the people that are dying are going to be contaminating the water sources. You're going to have a rise in cholera, all kinds of, of um, diseases that normally you look at happen in third world countries. And, but then also, and this is not even talking about, basically anybody who's reliant on the modern medical system to stay alive won't survive much past you know, a few months because you're not going to be able to get more medicine. If you're on insulin, you have no way of keeping it cool. You have to keep insulin cool to make it last. It has to be refrigerated. Anybody who's in a hospital, hospitals will be become kind of dead zones after a few months. And um, if, if they make it that far. And so basically you fast forward to a year later. Um, and like I said, I mean, the, the, the studies, even the CIA and, and intelligence agencies have done studies about this, that they estimate that after one year, between 75 and 90% of all Americans would perish. Um, and then say you do survive and you're able to not get sick or not, you know, say you do have water sources, eventually what's going to happen, you have the prison systems empty out, right? Because you can no longer control them using technology. And then you're going to have roaming gangs of people that will seize the vehicles that are you know, older than 1970s. And you're, then you're going to be able to have to build up, basically hide and hope that you survive because you have roaming gangs of people, um, you know, because the criminals pour onto the streets and, and you know, they're going to act like criminals. They're not going to, you know, think twice between uh, killing and you're probably going to have cannibalism emerging and you'll have religious cult leaders that are emerging as they say, the end of the world is here and follow me to do this. And I mean, it, it's, it, it's, I could keep going, but it's, it's a very, very bleak scenario. But I can say that if you, explore that scenario, which is a really good thing to look at if you're thinking about prepping, because if you can get even close to how to make it through that kind of a scenario, um, you're going to be better prepared than 99% of people in America. I fully agree. I wanted to run through it just because we don't really talk about the extreme of it much. 
But this is obviously a very pressing time when people need to take the preparation seriously. I think in the following of Bars Nation, I've been really impressed with just the literally the thousands of gardens that have been started and people taking that sort of care. And it's now part, I think, our part responsibility to take these stories, these scenarios, and these tools and to really press it into the public to share that and expand our community of influence. And that kind of, kind of leads me into something you said at the very beginning, which kind of bridges two spaces, which is your balance between uh, setting aside bullion and, and, and silver and, and gold versus seeds. But then we've also had this trend um, leading that I've been very against, which is people saying, well, you need to also keep in your mix a crypto amount. And we just saw how that went because the FTX uh, exchange kind of imploded. So why don't we kind of start there in your perspective, because I know you do have done a lot of work in the silver gold area, and then you've also looked at crypto. So let's take a look at that a little bit. Sure, sure. And, and I also, I'll also, I'll say kind of one you know, final caveat um, to the whole um, EMP scenario is that I think that fundamentally in a situation like that, it's when you when you fit, when you look at these types of things, and this is why I really, I I I genuinely appreciate this about you, Scott, and your program is that you don't put your head in the sand and you talk about the difficult things that no one's willing to talk about, and it's that in in of itself is is, is being prepared, is even just preparing yourself mentally for the possibilities, and so I just I really appreciate that you cover these things, you talk about things, but you also you you never go without the mention of faith, right? And and the role of just our our faith and Christ and God and everything that that play into just the entirety of what's happening. And I and I just I think it's a very, very important because it's easy to look at all this and say, wow, it's so overwhelming. But you know, if we look back, especially some of the lessons we've been less uh, left with uh, in, in the Bible, you know, my favorite is going is, you know, the story of Noah's Ark. And you know, here we have someone who just, you know, was just an ordinary man, but he just followed what God was telling him to do, and that enabled him to survive. And so I believe that right now we are in the we are in a Noah's Ark period of history, and I think that for a lot of uh, folks, it's it doesn't it's like if if it was only prepping that would determine who gets to live in the future, then the elites would be the ones that inherit the earth. They're the ones that have underground bunkers. They've got you know, thousands of years worth of food set aside. And so it's not just that, you know, and, and, and so that's an important thing, I think, to throw out there um, for folks to, to consider. No, I do agree. I'll just add an additional caveat before we go into this, the metals and crypto piece. But the one thing that I've said, and I, I think you'd agree, is that when you make a prep list or a go bag, one is, which is an essential part of any prep situation, your Bible better be on the top of that list because it's the one yeah. thing that's amazing how many people don't include it. And I'm not it's saying not a digital one either. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, and I'm not and I'm not saying like people don't include it because they don't want to. But it doesn't usually fit within the categories of thinking. It's what you just said and I appreciate those words is how important our faith is. Because in this time, I mean literally if we're not putting that as our first source of food so to speak with the Bible on top of the, of the list, then we're missing the whole cascade of how everything else will come together. I think that's really pretty critical. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And so getting into, you know, the, the, the crypto space and, and precious metals and everything, and there's a lot to unpack there, but to try to 
you know, kind of narrow down my my thinking about it. You know, I've I've also been someone similar to you, Scott. Um, I think at one point, maybe five years ago, I had two thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, and I bought it. Just I think it was when it was like around ten thousand. I put a little money in there just out of curiosity, and I pulled it out. You know, you know, later time and never kept anything in there. But I think that you know, there's a way. There's a few ways to look at it. For one, anybody who doesn't trust the banks. Right and doesn't want to keep all their money in the banks. It's like, well, you say, oh, the FDIC says it's insured, and it's like, yeah, well, who's insuring the FDIC? Right? It's all just a giant scam. Well, it's almost even more absurd to put all your money into some crypto exchange where there's not even any kind of government, you know, backing. You can't even go sit and talk to a physical person, a bank teller, and say, please give me my money. It's literally sitting in a digital wallet somewhere. And you know, I I really I really believe that. A, I think that crypto does have a place. I think there is a place for digital currencies. But I don't think it's, it's the way that they're being used right now. And I think that there's a few things to unpack here. One is that there's a lot of signs to me that show that crypto, even at the origin, um, has always been something that fundamentally allowed the evil to launder money and further pillage the money from we the people. And if you go into, I like referencing this part of the, there was the, the manual that came out and supposedly this, this book that was passed out at the first Bilderberg meeting in the 50s called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And whether you want to look at it and say it's real or not, the, the fact is that everything it says has basically come true. And one thing that they talk about in there is the importance of having these mechanisms where they can get the public people to put their hard-earned money and, and work and time and assets into something fake that the elites can use to extract the money and effort from us and put it into their pockets as real assets, but then flick a switch eventually and leave us with nothing, right? It's all about the wealth transfer. And you know, like Klaus Schwab, you'll know nothing to be happy. He, he's not just saying that for fun. And so to me, Crypto is, in a lot of ways, an example of another fiat currency. It's a currency that's not backed by anything. It's only backed by the the global um, uh, demand to put money into it. But as we're seeing right now, it's like you know, crypto. You know, Bitcoin, for instance, went from sixty six thousand to you know, close to what fifteen thousand, and, and and a lot of people are saying that it'll go down to four thousand and potentially zero. And so to me, these are all, I believe that a lot of what these represent is just Babylonian money, you know, Babylonian money magic. These are um, deceitful ways to convince people to put their hard-earned money into items and, and currencies like cryptocurrency, even the dollar that um, in the stock market, playing the stock market, playing all your money in the stock market and basically leaving it all to risk because it can all disappear one day. And if you go into look at the history of countries, like, you know, Weimar Germany or Venezuela, when they've had currencies collapse, like it, it happens. And the same exact thing can happen with cryptocurrency. And so I think that there's a few kind of reasons that they've allowed cryptocurrency. One is I think obviously what we're seeing with FTX, where it represents massive money laundering and um, huge, huge, you know, black market, um, you know, moving money around, paying for human trafficking, uh, drug trades, you know, adrenochrome trade, organ harvesting. I think that this has been at the center of what's happening in the crypto world, especially now that we realize that when you put your money into one of these exchanges, it's not sitting there securely. It's being used and then it's being multiplied a hundred times over 
And who knows where that money is going? It's funneling over into Ukraine. It's coming back into the Democratic Party. So I think that that's a that's one big part of it. But I also think that you know, similar to if you look back at the pandemic and you look back at um, Operation Lockstep, which was a document put out, I think it was by the Rockefeller um, Institute or, or the foundation. I think it was around 2010. And there's a, a very key point that's discussed in this document that I think is a, an important principle to understand what's happening in other areas of the world. So in this, this lockstep document, which Scott, have you read through that before? I've skimmed through it, not deep, but I do know what you're talking about. Yes. Sure. So, okay. So basically they're looking at all these scenarios of literally what, what, what COVID was, right? There's talking about a pandemic that spreads and there's a virus and how the governments react and there's social distancing and there's masking. And, but what's really important is that they plan for part of that stage. They plan for a stage of it where people lose trust in the government. And this is why if you look at, it's like, okay, why, are they, why is Fauci saying mask, don't wear a mask, the vaccines work, the vaccines don't work, the CDC says this. I, I really believe that it is their intention to scramble things so much so that actually they want people to lose faith in the institution of government because that's part of them being able to usher in a one world government is that then they say, look, you know, we, look how poorly the pandemic was handled by the governments. And I, and I think that this might even play into um, part of how they might tra- uh, tra- trap uh, President Trump with the vaccine by saying, look, even the leaders you thought you could trust still made mistakes and still made um, you know, problems that caused, uh, you know, caused a lot of uh, death and harm to people around the world. And so the only solution to this really is to have a centralized government that controls all medical decisions and, you know, again, the whole one world government thing. But I think that this is part of the idea of crypto as well, because we know that the central bank digital currency, they've known that has to be a part of the Great Reset and has to be part of their way of controlling people. They've known that for a very, very long time. And if you look at how China runs things with their social credit system, that's exactly it. You know, they need to control the money on a digital level to that degree if they want to, if they have any hope of a true totalitarian technocracy, which we know is their end goal. And so I believe that from the very beginning, they almost had planned that eventually the crypto markets would collapse because they would have to destroy the confidence in these decentralized crypto as an excuse to then usher in the uh, centralized crypto. And so I think that though we're seeing it looks like, hey, wow, we caught you and we, you know, like we've, we've caught you laundering all this money. Well, for one, you know, it doesn't make, you know, we caught them with the Hunter Biden laptop. You think that now that, you know, we, oh, okay, wait, we, we have the house, we're going to investigate the Bidens. It, to me, it's, it's another, it's another sideshow for two years, you know, and it's the same thing as, you know, look, I, I had on uh, David Martin, uh, you know, a year ago and I was asking him about this. And, and I think I asked him about, um, you know, uh, I think it was Rand Paul. And he said, look, he goes, he's had the documents to indict Fauci in hand. And, and David Martin would know this. He goes, he's had these documents in hand all along. The documents needed to indict Fauci. Is he going to indict Fauci? No, because him going after Fauci is his greatest fundraising opportunity. And so these same people going after the Hunter Biden laptop or whatever it is, it's all, it's all dog and pony show. It's all the you know, bread and circuses. And so even though we think, wow, okay, the crypto market, FTX is collapsing and we're being exposed to all this government corruption 
it's like, are, are they really going to investigate it? You know, we see that a lot of them are uh, um, complicit in it. And so I think that in a large part, that was a planned event, uh, you know, and I would say it's a false flag. I, I would consider FTX a false flag event that is being used similar to 9-11 to usher in a new level of security. 9-11 happens, we get the Patriot Act. FTX crypto collapses, markets collapse. Now we have the, the cryptocurrency. Same time that they're also working on collapsing the fiat currencies. You know, they want us to be, they want to be able to remove all their debt, which, you know, there's a massive sovereign debt crisis with the fiat currencies right now. And they want to usher us into this, uh, the cryptocurrency, the centralized, you know, CBDC, which is what they, they need to do. You've hit on some really important point. And I covered this in detail uh, last week on the show actually went through Biden's EO, which was executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets, which was signed March 9th, 2022. And it's really interesting when you walk through that EO and you look at everything that they said that they needed to concern themselves with and how the collapse of FTX opens the door for them to do every single one of those things, which all leads to greater regulation and greater surveillance. And it also deals with basically shredding all the competition of these cryptos, which arguably they're not really currencies. We call them that, but they're investment vehicles. And you've already said that in a different way. I mean, that's a money laundering scheme. And then channeling everybody into the confidence coin, which would be your CBDC after you've slaughtered all the other ones and used something like the, the FTX exchange to literally it show people that see see people can't be trusted if they run these things. It's all only governments that can take that can take care of you. That seems to be a consistent play, and right back to what you were saying about the Rockefeller document. Yeah, and I think that you know one way I've I've recently kind of described my understanding of what the Great Reset is is that imagine that humanity is all living in the same building, and this building was really built in the past hundred years. It's, it's a lot of our, our, our systems, our modern agriculture, you know, a lot that's come about um, in the past hundred years or so. Our currencies, our, our way of eating, um, you know, the, the ways that we're processing oil and gas and, and mining exploration, everything. And so <clears throat> we're, look, we're living in this one building. And so the great, what the Great Reset is, is it's this process of burning down the building while we're in it but then opening the doors so everyone runs, but then having a new building waiting for us. And that's the great reset. It's destroying the old building that we're all living in that we know is corrupted, uh, but it's still keeping us safe and it's still holding our society together. So it's burning that one down once they have the new one built. And so if you look at, you know, take that analogy across so many things, okay, the energy, the collapse of diesel and fossil fuels, you know, run, you know wanting us to run into the building of, green energy, but more specifically, digital energy, batteries that can be controlled, you know, and they can be turned off and on remotely, et cetera. You know, I can burn firewood in my fireplace and they can't do anything to stop me. But if I'm relying on a centralized, you know, grid with a smart meter, uh, they can turn my, my heat off remotely, right? If they want to, if, if I'm you know, making fun of Joe Biden on the air or whatever it is that, that would cause that. So if you look at the currency, you know, they want to collapse the old building. Like the current building we're living in is the building of fiat currency, the euro, the dollar, et cetera. And, you know, the dollar is really, it's, 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 it's kind of backed by oil, but barely anymore because of what's happening with the OPEC plus and, and with the, you know, Saudi Arabians and Chinese. And so I think that 
this is an intentional thing, but I'm going to take a step into a, a different way of looking at this because I know, Scott, that you talk a lot about what's happening is we're watching these warring factions fight for control of humanity. And a, a lot of people, and especially the Q crowd, which I share a lot of your same sentiments on that. Um, <laughs> the, like, the worship of the book of Q. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll throw a slide. I'll see someone that'll be like, look at this tweet. You know, this tweet is a five-year delta of this, uh, you know, Q post. And I'm saying, do you really believe that someone five years ago, it's like you either believe in magic, project looking glass, or you think this person's a prophet. That five years ago, someone could have made this prediction and this delta that said Elon Musk would have tweeted this about deactivating the bots. It's a five-year delta. Like it's, it really is. Like, I, I think it's, it's, it's turned into something where people are just like, it's almost like they believe in magic. Like, it's like, how do you think, do you think they've had that much control over the plan? They know right. exactly when Elon Musk is going to tweet something five years later. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, the fact that it's, that people are still looking around us in our society and looking at where our nation's at, where our currency's at, where our food and energy at, and, and still thinking that this is all part of the plan. I, to me, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that. <laughs> Maybe I don't have enough faith. Well, it's, it's, it's actually pretty frightening because when you start to look at this and you have people that are actually in stasis almost, you know, it's a, it's a, a cognitive stasis of expecting the military to roll in and fix everything and it's all going to be okay. And it's, and I, I'm sure you share this sentiment because I see many times, don't start wishing for the military to come here because at that point in time, you're not guaranteed anything. You're going to lose all your rights. Oh, I think yeah. it's bad now. Yeah. Wait till that happens. And so continue on your piece here because you mentioned some very interesting things. And I realize, I mean, Q's comes into this, as we know, because he's sort of, and again, I, I say this so much on the show because I'm, it's important to qualify. Q is really the spark that lit the flame, that lit the forest, which is important to understand what that in, inferno, where it originated from. But there comes a point when you, the spark is not needed anymore. And we're in a place now where you have to continue to pursue the truth no matter where it takes you, which was really kind of the impetus of early Q. Pursue the truth no matter where it takes you, not pursue the truth and put it into the book of Q and then worship it and turn the temple into it. And and then, like, I don't know if you've been watching recently, but the cult of what I call the cult of Q literally aligned in groups to start dissing and killing patriot accounts that didn't agree with them. It was It's horrific. And you're like, yeah. this is exactly what we should never, ever condone because it's it's worse than the left even because you've gained trust and have used information to awaken people to now shut people down. It's the worst of the worst. Oh, I, I, I agree. And I agree with, with, with what you said too. I think that it woke up a lot of people. And that's the thing is that I, I've never once, you know, like I'm not someone that says, oh, it just tells you to sit back and eat your popcorn and do nothing. No, it's gotten people really active. And, and, and a lot of people that I've known that I've met on these, whether it's a Clay Clark tour or even at Bard's Fest, you know, these are people that are very, very active. And I think that Q is a large impetus in that. But I think that it, it's just about understanding that it's not the word of God. And it can, it, it, even if it was good at the beginning, it could be hijacked. You know, it, 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 these things can be hijacked. And so when something requires so much faith to, to believe in it, that to me is something that's like you reserve that for God and God only. And well said. You know, well said. Something yeah. else with it is that the more, and I think that you're probably in this place too, the more you research and understand the real issues that are facing the world, 
the more you can see how it becomes a giant distraction. And it's like, if, if Q really was trying to help save humanity, why is it not talking about putting your money into precious metals? Why is it not talking about you know, uh, you know, looking out for central bank digital currency or growing or farming or all the things I think are really important. Instead, it's getting people even more engaged in the election process, getting people even more engaged in supporting candidates and you know, audits and everything. And I, I just think that it's, it's really, say if it had, even if it had really good origins, I feel like that now it's causing people to place their hopes and their energy and their efforts and their faith in the wrong areas. And that's why I think is, is concerning me as, as I look at where it's at right now. Well, I, I fully agree. Where we are right now is an, a, a time that demands some real deep critical thinking. And, and this is a, it's a difficult time because the deception is so high and there's deception has been endemic in everything that they do. Otherwise, they would not have been as powerful. They, meaning those elites that are basically puppeteering the entire world. And so what we're finding is, is that these things are unraveling. And again, I think that there's a, you know, just, I don't want to make this all a Q discussion. I think there was crumbs given there to use that term to give our, to put our eyes on things to look. But the reality of what we're discovering, like everything else is so much more rancid than we ever imagined and the interplay between these elites. So we, I talk a lot about having the, you know, there's basically in the U S we're looking at two essential camps, the we'll call one, the Biden camp, which is one side, which is the very dark, dark side of elites and then you have another camp that's just the emerging new new guard, which is falling under President Trump. And they and to look at that circle around them, they're all stepping into place. And I really don't know where their position is in terms of what, like to translate, what does America first mean? What does MAGA mean? Because there's no substance to it. And then we have, a, and we have this other angle, this other path, which is just putting truly our faith in God as the world fights. And then of course, then we're going to jump oceans here and we're going to look at whatever's fight between going on between this, these elites and Putin. And then we also have a definite split within China that's happening between like Xi and his band of Republican, I'll call them Republican Chinese versus the CCP. And somewhere in there you throw Taiwan, which is the Chinese nationalist. So we, we have a, we have a mess of stuff going on. And then let's not forget about the cartels, and the third world hyuntas that are all around the world, many of them installed by ourselves. So we definitely, you know, yeah, we definitely have yeah. quite a bit of play going on here. And what's interesting to me, kind of coming back to the crypto thing a little bit, but it's implying it kind of weaves in is how FTX wove so much of that together. That's what I've been looking at and going, okay, wait a minute. We've got money going into Ukraine, money coming apparently coming into cartels as well because Coinbase just revealed that it was sharing its user data with the Border Patrol and DHS to track users, which cracks me up because it's like, hey, guys, that crypto stuff isn't as secure as you thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that blockchain technology said you couldn't track. Well, they figured out how to track it because they did. And so we're seeing that these exchanges are, are very much acting like the Googles and the Twitters and the Facebooks in collecting and sweeping up mass amounts of user data that's then now being applied. And of course, the more people play into this, the more you're getting your data woven in and they're creating these complex and very sophisticated profiles of people that they can then pick you up even with just a shadow of, a, of, an, of an existence on the web because you've already given them everything. So it's, 
FDX is a has been a real big bomb on all of this on so many levels. One to drive federal policy and global policy of banking to crimp down again and get people more driven into a crypto enslavement. But you also said that there was you you thought there may be a link, which I find really interesting here towards China. Which I, if you don't mind digging into that, that was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, and I think that, you know, when you've taken a look and and trying to understand what's happening at the very high levels and, and the fighting, that I think is such an important discussion to have because. There's a lot of people that I saw that rushed to say, well, Putin is the hero. You know, Putin's coming out against all the Satanists and he's doing this. And I'm not saying that he isn't, but I've, I've got a lot of thoughts about that. I also, you know, again, heard a lot of the, the Q crowd echoing that, you know, she is working with Putin to take down the deep state with Trump and they're going to they're gonna free us all. And like, that's like, I, I've got my thoughts on that, which I'll get into, but I'll, I'll lead into that. But if looking at, okay, looking at FTX and what happened, and this is going to, I'll unpack this in a, in a much kind of broader perspective, is that what I think that we're seeing happening is that we have the great reset as we've understood it through the lens of the European globalists, right? The, the central bank, the Western central, central banks, the Davos, Klaus Schwab, you know, a lot of way, in a lot of ways, the American, the military industrial complex, the crown, et cetera. And they, you know, they have been planning the Great Reset for a very, very long time. And they have been planning how to burn the buildings down and while they have their new buildings built. But what I see emerging is that the Western New World Order is actually, it's, it's failing. It's collapsing in on itself. There's a lot of corruption. But it's also, it's been very heavily infiltrated by the Eastern World Order. And I look at that as the communist bloc. I look at it as China, Russia, Iran, now the BRICS nations, they're pulling them together. And I think that what, you know, they say that we're in a unipolar world, which was really, you know, governed by the United States. They're saying we're entering a multipolar. I say we're entering into a bipolar world, which is really is two axes, right? You have China and Russia on one side, you have the US and Europe on the other side, right? The US and NATO. And so what I see though is that obviously the Chinese and the Russians, they would have been, have been extremely aware of the Great Reset plan. But what I see that they're doing now is instead of trying to attack the Western you know, or the US directly, which they've already heavily infiltrated, what they're doing is that they're accelerating the burning down of the building that we're in, and they're trying to screw up and delay the new building that the Western elites are building for us. And so, and this ties right, right into, into what I think is happening with FTX. So what I'm seeing happening is like, whether it's currency or whether it's energy or you know, whatever it is, even you know, food, for instance, that China and Russia have been accelerating the collapse of the Western system because they know that if they speed it up, that the globalists and the Western you know, world order don't have their new systems ready yet. Because what happens if the dollar collapses and the CBDC is not ready to roll out, right? The entire plan is shot. And so if you look at, from that perspective, you know, if you look at FTX, which FTX, again, I think I call it a false flag, but I don't think that it happened in the timing that it was supposed to happen because I don't think that they're ready to roll out CBDC yet. And I think that it happened maybe quicker than they wanted it to happen. They got caught a little bit with their pants down. 
So if you look at, and if you dig into what happened with FTX, a lot of what triggered the collapse of FTX goes back to this guy named CZ, who is the owner of a company called Binance. Now, Binance is actually bigger than FTX. It's a crypto exchange that is actually larger than FTX. And what happened was, uh, as far as my understanding is that CZ, they realized through looking at some of the, 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 the kind of behind the scenes data that a lot of what was happening with um, FTX wasn't proper. And they, they actually didn't have a lot of the money they said they had, et cetera. They saw them collapsing. But then the, you know, they, um, the CEO uh, CZ of Binance wanted to buy FTX, but then looked at their books, basically do the due diligence and said, like, we're not going to touch these guys and did all this publicly. And that's really what accelerated the collapse of that. Now, CZ the owner of the guy that runs Binance is, is Chinese. So he's a Chinese national. And I think that he, you know, though he lives, I think now he lives in Canada, but he's still Chinese. And, and look, I'm not saying that every Chinese person is a communist spy, right? But I am saying that if there is a Chinese person that's in a very, very prominent position in a Western country, in, in a Western, you know, whether it's a government or a big you know, corporation or a big financial institution, maybe there's something going on there. And so I think that the collapse of FTX and maybe even some of the information that's leaked out about, about it has actually been perpetuated by the Chinese Communist Party because they want to collapse this system before the West is ready with its new system. Um, and so because if you also look from that same principle, if you take a look at what's happening with you know Russia, you know cutting off um, all the um, you know, the the natural gas and fertilizer and everything, it's like this is catastrophic to this to the Western Empire. And though I I think that there's a lot of ways that you could look at it, I really think that fundamentally that the actions that China and Russia are taking are crippling the West in a way that's faster than the West wanted to happen. So we know that the, the, the Great Reset had to be a demolition of the old, but now like, they're still wiring the building up. And here you have like Putin and Xi like going and like, like, you know, pressing the little, little switches that start blowing things up. And so it's really destroying that. But it's especially happening with the currency. And this is, this is the big thing. I know that you talked a lot about this since I talk a lot about this is that you know, we are we are on the edge of the collapse of the Western financial system. And I'll, I'll be interviewing um, Martin Armstrong, and in, in, I think next week, which I'm, I'm so excited for, because this is a guy that really understands this information. What's happening right now is the fiat currencies of America, and you talk a lot about this, um, Scott, is they are so close to their collapse. And a lot of it is now being caused directly by the actions of China and Russia. They're now coming in, and Afghanistan was a, was, a, was a really big blunder, right? Where now the oil-producing nations have completely lost faith in America. They're completely backing out of the Bretton Woods agreements. They're really backing out of the, the, all the arrangements they had with the U.S. And so with the BRICS nations and the, and the new currencies that they're going to be rolling out, backing their currencies with gold, it's, it's really, again, it's accelerating the collapse of the Western currencies and the collapse of the Western central banks. I think before they're ready to implement their systems. Now, for a lot of people, though, they might think, "Hey, that's great, right? The enemy of, of, of you know my enemy is my friend." 
And this is an important thing, you know, and this is, I'll have to kind of summarize what I think is happening in China, but what's, what's happening with Xi Jinping in China and I'll, I'll take, a, take a step back from, you know, I, was, I worked with the Epoch Times uh, from 2008 until about 2015 and still maintain a lot of contacts there. And a lot of the people that I know that I'm reaching out to um, are very well connected with what's happening in China. I, I would say very, almost like unequivocally, that the Epoch Times is probably one of the best sources for what's happening in China, especially at the high levels of the CCP. And so there is... There are factions within the CCP, and I have heard the narrative that you know Xi Jinping is trying to that he's fighting against the CCP or different things like that. But actually, Xi Jinping is a very very devout communist. Um, he's actually too he's be, he's become more communist than a lot of the Politburo is even comfortable with, and a lot of them are worried about the fact that he's turning himself into this lifetime supreme leader. And so there's been a lot of purges happening in the CCP, but it's not because some of them are anti-communist and some of them are communists. It's actually more likely that what it is is that they're all communists at that level and they're vying for who controls the Communist Party within China. And Xi Jinping is really rising up as the victor of that as he's wiping out the people that are opposing him and, and really reinstating his power. Um, because, and this gets in, and I'll, I'll kind of let you talk, Scott, because I, I, I have a way of kind of going on these long, kind of, this, kind of rants into something because it's just such deep topics. But I want to, um, once I take a look, I'll, I'll give you a chance to speak here. I want to talk into the long-term goals of China and, and where that's at with everything. No, that's good. So a couple of things I just wanted to touch on, though, that you hit. So first of all, Jim Rickards, I'm, I'm assuming you know who he is. Yeah, yes. So Jim Rickards was one of the first that really pointed out the potential of collapsing the U.S. through a Chinese maneuver of using gold and and using our debt against us. What's interesting is Trump did a lot of countering of that because he basically understood the power that the, the he who is the biggest debtor is also the biggest banker. That's one of the big credits I give to Trump in his negotiations on the world and the maneuverings he was doing with trade and tariffs, because that was kind of at the center of what he was doing when we look at that. And especially when you go back to his bankruptcy in Palm Beach, when he literally controlled that table, the bankers came in to repossess and he basically reminded them how much he took from them and how much power he had over them. They basically turned to him at that meeting and said, how do you want to do this? And he said, we'll be it on my terms. So he really understood, understands debtor and banker relationship. The part of that then that is that our current, our economy was changing. And as it goes more into crypto, the vulnerability for a lot of the investments has been diversified across the crypto sphere. So taking out what you just mapped out of taking out something like FTX is pretty critical because it starts to, go back to tipping an economy and taking away its diversity and its adaptability by ripping away another big leg on the stool, so to speak. And we don't have any substance behind the, the fiat. And as we've seen the pivot now from from the oil, and it's Saudi Arabia now shifting into more of the BRICS model, It's a the dollar itself is dead. It's just a matter of time because there is no more backing. And that's why I argue regularly that Prices that are in inflation right now is 
is a consequence of bad policy, but it's also accelerated because the dollar itself is, is dropping in value so rapidly and they're obscuring it. So the last piece on this is the Bitcoin trap because I, I am super suspicious of Bitcoin. I've been suspicious of it from day one because of the way that no one seems to know who the developers are and what it's really doing. And this is why you're, what you just painted out may have something really critical here in, and indirectly support something that Dan Pena stated. And I don't know if you know who Dan Pena is. He's a big business guy, a billionaire, probably one of the most caustic people you'll ever listen to in a lecture because <laughs> yeah. he can't speak without dropping an F-bomb every other sentence or every yeah. other word sometimes. But what's most amazing is what he came out, he led up to it. He goes, if you knew who actually started Bitcoin, you would lose your mind. And then he came out and said, Putin is the one who was behind the development of Bitcoin. Now, I can't prove this. Wow. The map you just laid out, can you imagine the trap that they've set if this is true? Because they've channeled global and assets, large assets, into something called Bitcoin, which would have been backdoor controlled ultimately by Putin and his version of the KGB, or the mafia for that matter, because the Russian mob's pretty good. And that also would have wiped out FTX by China. That's where this starts to make some sense. Now, this is conjecture, obviously, because we don't have any proof that Bitcoin is started by Putin. But the source of this originally is a no-kidding guy. Dan Pinion does not play games with what he says. So I don't know if he has substance behind what he says or if that's just an offhanded comment, but it's a big statement for, for Pinion to make. And this is the same Dan Pinion that a year before Trump was elected, he was in an interview in UK, and he said, and this has always caught my ear, they asked him, what do you think about Trump? And his first words out of his mouth, was, which was like a Freudian slip, he says, when Trump wins, he goes, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, if Trump wins. Interesting. And then he corrects himself. And then he says this, he will change the world. Interesting. And just you know, very interesting. I mean, and that interview, by the way, was banned or erased from anything U.S. You had to go around and get it out of the U.K. server side because it wasn't, didn't even show up in the U.S incredible So, just some pieces to the puzzle that are really interesting as we look at this movement but you hit something too it's really important as we talk about powers we're, we're seeing faces that are government but we need to keep in mind that behind this are literally criminal networks you have the, the you have the cartels you have the mob you have the old triads i mean these people are in play right now and whatever they're putting on the front and people are going like, I love this guy. I love this guy politically. It's like these are bad institutions to be worshiping because there's always dark and evil money that goes back in there. And it's not just a single cabal. And the biggest thing, too, when we look at this global banking system, which is so crazy, and you look at the Han dynasty, which has been so dominant in the CCP, which seems to be losing power to Xi right now. But the Han Dynasty hates the global banking cartel. And in chi classic Chinese way of doing business, and this is, I think, leads right into where you were going to go, is that they'll, they brokered a deal with the global banking, is for, from my own research, what I can put together. And then they've decided that, like, uh, that's no longer a deal we want to be part of. And they're like, we don't like you anymore, but we want to be rulers of the world, not together with you. And I think that starts to explain a lot of this crazy fighting that's going on and these strange alliances. Final footnote on this, 
craziest part of this whole story, Seth? Yeah. The, is the air show that just happened in China, which is equivalent to the Paris air show. Okay. But it's, it's with Russia and it's all of its client brick states. All right. Then the Russian contractor that is the, and I, there, who makes the SU 32 or 37, it's there, it's Sokharov, I think it is, or Sokhoff. I'm, I'm totally screwing up the name, so I apologize, but that one, all right. That company who has been absolutely excoriated in, in Western media saying how they lost all their aircrafts and Russian aircraft aren't any good was suspiciously quiet at the air show, but revealed a video to demonstrate their capacity for their, a promo video demonstrating their aircraft's capabilities and the feature ship that it sank was a Chinese battleship. Interesting. <laughs> at the air show. So there you are in your, in your guests homes showing your aircraft sinking one of their, one of their naval vessels. That's a little strange. Interesting. So we've got some strange fighting going. So go ahead. You're going to talk about China's law. Yeah. Well, you know, you, um, you brought something up and just the, the, the Chinese belief and, there's a lot of people, they say, well, you know, the, the Chinese are subservient to the central, you know, Western, you know, Western central banks. Right. And I think that if you, you know, I ask a lot of people that they, they talk about China and especially from the, the perspective of, I guess, the Q narrative. And I, 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 I ask like, I have people commenting on Telegram and say, well, this is how it is. And say, have you ever, have you ever read speeches of Xi Jinping? Like, have you ever actually read the guy? Have you actually researched China? Or you're just repeating a narrative and they never respond, right? And so something about the CCP is the there is a belief that similar to the Aryan race, right, with the Nazis, that the CCP, they have this belief that, that chi the Chinese are the superior race on earth and that they are above um, you know, all of the other races. And that they want to obtain a racial racial purity, like they they really believe that um, that China is our the Chinese is supposed to be the race that rules the earth. And so, if you look and if you, if you look into that, you can see it's it's in a lot of their writings and everything. But I want to read to you. Um, there's a little bit. I'm not sure if, if I talked about something on the previous show with you, but the leaked speech by General Chi Hao Chen. Have you read through that speech before? No, I have not, but go through it. Oh, I'll have, I'll have to send it to you. It's one of the most eye-opening speeches if you want to understand the, the way the Chinese look at the world. So this, it's a speech that was released. Um, actually, Epoch Times obtained it in 2005. It was leaked to the Epoch Times. It was given a few years prior by a guy, a guy named General, General Qi Hao Qian, who was the, at that time the foreign minister for China. And it gets into some incredible information about analyzing why the Nazis failed and, 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 and where they're like their, their overall plan. But it talks a lot about America. And this is something I want to kind of bring us back to looking at our homeland of America and what the threat is. And I will say, I'll, I'll read something quickly right, right here. If this is from the speech that he says, um, as everybody knows, according to the views propagated by Western scholars, humanity as a whole originated from one single mother in Africa Therefore, no race can claim racial superiority. However, according to the research conducted by our most Chinese scholars, the Chinese are different from other races on earth. We did not originate in Africa. Instead, we originated independently in the land of China. And he goes into some of the background of the Chinese race. And basically then what he here, I'll read a little bit more. He says, 
Uh, therefore, we can assert that we are the product of cultural roots of more than a million years and a single Chinese entity of 2,000 years. This is the Chinese entity of 2,000 years. This is the Chinese nation that calls itself descendants of Yan and Huang, the Chinese nation that we are so proud of. Hitler's Germany had once bragged that the German race was the most superior race on earth. But the fact is, our nation is far superior to the Germans. And these are incredible words to kind of look at. But I want to, um, wow. yeah. I want to talk or kind of read quickly about you know, how they look at United States. And so in this speech, you know, they, they talk about the long-term plan is that they want to colonize America. And this isn't you know, some conspiracy. They, they talk very openly about the fact that they need, pardon me, they, they need uh, the American soil. They, they need it to feed their, their population. They can't, you know, they, they can't subsist. They can't continue to feed their population based upon their own, um, their own country. Uh, there's been droughts, there's been plagues. I mean, there's a lot of biblical things happening in China, but fundamentally they want the land of America. And so, you know, he, here they, they say, I'll, I'll read this to you. He says, it is indeed brutal to kill one or 200 million Americans, but that is the only path that will secure a Chinese century in which the CCP leads the world. We as revolutionary humanitarians do not want deaths, but if history confronts us with a choice between deaths of Chinese and those of Americans, we'd have to pick the latter. As for us, it is more important to safeguard the lives of the Chinese people and the life of our party. And so they say in another place here, he says, as for the several million Chinese living in the United States, this is of course a big issue. Therefore, in recent years, we have been conducting research on genetic weapons, i.e. those weapons that do not kill yellow people. But producing a result with this kind of research is extremely difficult. So nearly 20 years ago, the Chinese are talking openly about how they're looking into um, bioweapons and genetic bioweapons to target specific ages and races, basically. Now, if you put all this together, and this is going to come back kind of full circle into, into you know, where I think that we're at right now. So much of the research that I've done leads me to believe that the vaccine, and you know, obviously we, we look at COVID and say, okay, well, COVID was, you know, it started with Ralph Barrick and and um, you know in America, and it was you know came went to Wuhan. I think that COVID fundamentally was a gigantic psyop that was orchestrated by the CCP with you know with you know using the plans of the globalists and Klaus Schwab and the, the Rockefellers, et cetera. You know, the, the Chinese are very brilliant about working together with somebody until they no longer need that person, right? Especially the CCP. And so if, if, you, if you put it all together, what I think is this, if you look at COVID, you look at the reaction to COVID, so much of the world's reactions to COVID was actually coming through the WHO with Tedros. Tedros was put in place as the head of the WHO by the CCP, right? He's a communist from Ethiopia. So Basically, I think that Xi Jinping, what happened in Wuhan was a giant psyop to get the entire world frightened as anything of COVID and they convinced them to lock down their economies, to cripple the economies around the world, but fundamentally because they wanted to be able to use the vaccine. If you look at where the, a lot of the vaccine, all the vaccines, from my understanding, they are built upon the original um, mapping of the virus from China. 
And a lot of the origins of the vaccine point straight back to China. A lot of the people in the CDC, you know, obviously the WHO, et cetera, go straight back to China. And if you look at what's happening, you know, because I, I really do believe that China's long-term goal is to overtake America. And I think they'll fail. And that's certainly, I absolutely believe they're going to fail. But if they were going to think about this, if they were going to take over America, and they've talked explicitly in this speech, he goes into a lot more about using a bioweapon because he says in this that they wouldn't want to use nuclear weapons or any bigger weapons because that would destroy the land and they need the land. They can't have a land that's, that's full of radiation from a nuclear war. And so he says actually that a bioweapon is the best way to wipe out um, the large majority of Americans. He says it's actually because it, it doesn't hurt the land, which is what they need. And so if you think about it, what kind of a bioweapon would they be able to release that would just kill a couple hundred million Americans? They'd have a really tough time doing that because A, if they drop something here, you know, through the, the winds of the, of the water, you know, the winds, the ocean, et cetera, it would spread all over the earth. Um, if it was, say, some sort of disease, people traveling back to China, say it was some sort of plague, it, would, it, it could very well, you know, kind of take out the entire world. But wouldn't the best way for the Chinese to deliver a bioweapon be to compromise the governments, compromise the World Health Organization, et cetera, have the entire world push a vaccine? And if you wanted to push that vaccine that was the bioweapon, what groups would you want to target with it? If you wanted to overtake a country, what groups would you want to compromise? You want to take down the military, you want to take down the first responders, you want to take down the hospital workers, and you want to take down the young fighting aged men. Look exactly at the people that have been targeted by the vaccine. We've got it mandated in the military, mandated for the healthcare workers, mandated for first responders, and who are the people that we see dying left, right, and center? It's young, healthy men. And so when I piece all this together, um, I, I really think a lot of it goes straight back to China. And sorry that it's a, a long narrative there, but there's, just, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to kind of unpack here. I know, no apologies. As a matter of fact, I think this is a, I'm going to suggest this is a good way to, place to stop for this reason. I'm on your show next week, right? Yes. Okay, so I want to kind of footnote this because I think this is a good way. I love what you just said. I think there's a lot there, and I want to kind of feed in with this and then just kind of, if it's okay with you, why don't we continue this on uh, even deeper or further, however we want to go, on your show next week? Is that okay with you? Oh, that'd be great. Absolutely. Okay, so because kind of what I want to add to this, it's kind of the latest research, and I've been talking to Dr. Lee Merritt and others, but that this is the injection is actually more of a nanobiosynthetic parasite in the body. And it's as a, this gets into a lot of things about how parasites work. It also is, as Dr. Merritt's been talking about it, it's because you just said it in what, in the, what the general said is that doing genetic genomic weapon systems is very difficult, but they may have found a workaround through the parasite. And that's why I want to get this. I think this is a good point to stop here, which is kind of a cliffhanger for everybody, but you'll get over it. So, <laughs> but um, I do want to, I think that's a good place to go into this because I think we can get deeper into Chinese culture next week a little bit. I want to talk about uh, if it's okay with you, I don't want to be directing your show, but I think it'd be nice to talk as well about the connection of Wuhan with Taiwan, which was, it was the headquarters for the Chinese nationalists when Mao took the North. It's very interesting. 
Yeah. So there's a lot there to unpack. I think this whole Chinese situation is, and I think you did a fantastic job, especially with the FDX connection. So is that is that acceptable to you to do that next week? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you if you want, um, you know, for for your listeners, um, you're more than welcome. If you want to take our conversation next week and put it up on your channels as well for them, or oh, absolutely, we'll do you that. know, um, you know, they, I'm I'm also on uh, you know Podbean, all the same places that you are as well. If they want okay. to listen, to, you know, there. Yeah, let's do that. And we'll, and we'll plan on that, and I'll we'll post that one up there. And you can do the same with this, Seth. I know you do video normally, but. This is audio, but we're good anyway. If you want to use yeah. it, you're welcome. So that's awesome. All right. Well, at that, what other wise words do you have to kind of close out here for our fellow patriots? Oh, um, goodness. I, I would say, I think that the the wise words are do what Scott is really advising you to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that your your shows are full of wise words. And, uh, you know, if if I could just say that, you know, just be, be prepared the best way you can. Um, I think what's really important is to not let the demon of fear overtake you. Um, because it, and as I, I have to remind myself over and over and over again, as complicated and as complex as all these plans are, we see around us. And as you get into the, the bloodlines and all this stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming. Keep in mind, all these people at the end of the day, they report to one guy, which is Satan. And Satan got kicked out of heaven, right? So like, where, where's he at on the power structure? You know, he, he got a boot to his butt and he fell out of heaven and now he's stuck down here. So I think that that's a good reminder that we have to have that as complicated as, as their plans are, they don't have God on their side. And, and that to me, that's, the, that's what allows me to sleep well at night and sleep easy at night. Because I think, as, as crazy as this all is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be alive during any other time in history because I feel like that right now we are in this, this very intense battle of good and evil. It's a good and evil, I think, that has been on earth for a very long time, but it's really, it's, it's culminating. And the fact, the fact that God chose me to be here at this time and allowed me to be awakened with the information that I know and allowed me to have that feeling of being called upon uh, to do this and to, you know, and, and this is for all of the, all of your listeners out there, Scott, it's them just as much as it's you, just as much as it's me, that all of us that have awakened, it's because God woke us up and, and God chose us for this. And I, as tough as it is, I feel such an honor for that. I feel so lucky that this is this significant war and God, for whatever reason, said, Seth, I'm going to put you on the front lines down there. And I just think that it's the greatest blessing. Like I feel so blessed uh, to be where I'm at right now in, in life. And as, as beautiful as life would have been, say, 1950s or 40s, I would not want to go to any other time period. I am so glad that I'm here right now on earth uh, fulfilling this mission. And um, so I, I hope that, that you know, for anybody listening, that, that may hopefully you can find that same gratitude, especially as we head into Thanksgiving and, and, and what we're thankful for. I think that just being thankful for God choosing us for such an important mission, it's such an honor. I fully agree. Well, as you know, we always close with a prayer. That's okay. We'll do a prayer. Yes. Father, I want to thank you for another great meeting with Seth. We just always have such great conversations, and it's just a reminder of just the, 
the minds that are out here and the people that are coming together in this fellowship as you draw us together. And it's just purely a blessing, and we're, we're, we're obviously blessed to be part of this. Father, we just pray that you'll continue to bless Seth with all the work that he's doing and continue in his, in his preparations, but also his voice, which is just so important out here to inspire, to bring truth to light as he does so well, and to continue to connect the dots, to build the pictures. And as we do this more and more over time and we link together to be able to build the bigger pictures, to gain the deeper insights that will dispel fear and give a bit of logic to the to what seems to be chaos. Guide him, protect him, and bless us all. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Always an honor to have you on. A pleasure. So I'm looking forward to your show next week. And as Patriots, you just heard you get a cliffhanger. <laughs> That's just what it is. <laughs> we don't do those very often, but yeah. heck, what the heck? This is we're 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 the new media. We redefine things. So that's good. That's, that's true. Good. That's true. It really is. Yeah. All right. Well, and I'll tell all the folks that are listening this real quick that if they if they do want to, um, you know, find me, I, I do a lot of I cover a lot of similar topics that you do, obviously, um, but they can just go on to Podbean or you know Spotify or you know Rumble, just search for Man in America, and and you'll find all the okay. all the work and uh, and. I have to say, they let you be on Spotify. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm still on Spotify. I'm on YouTube. I, I've had people accuse me of being CIA because I'm not taken down yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, that goes around. I was I was accused one time of uh, of being uh, like part of the cabal or or some <laughs> secret society because of something I said like, uh, in the beginning of my show. I don't remember what it is now, but you know. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? Come on, stop. You know. So anyway. No, but no, I'm still actually on YouTube. I just, I'm, I haven't, they've got my voice flagged so much now that even when I put up good shows that meet their, their normal qualifications, they flag me. Yeah. So that's going to be a different process to use that. But, um, no, I'm laughing at Spotify because I've, they've knocked me off three times (laughs) and I just crack up. I'm like, okay, whatever. They hate me for whatever reason. I don't know, but that's okay. You know, Rogan's on there, but I don't have a hundred million dollar contract with a company that's part owned by BlackRock that's either. So that's I don't true. know. <laughs> nice deal, I tell you. But anyway, it's good. Well, look forward to it next week, Seth. Thank you very much. It'll be a very blessed week and blessed Thanksgiving and all. So it's great. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I, and and I'll tell you, Scott, that you, uh, as I mentioned before the show started, that your new number one fan is my my mother, my dear mother. Who has, uh, you know, she was my number one fan. I think that you've actually replaced me <laughs> as her favorite show. So you, you should feel honored. <laughs> well, I do, but it's like, it's a little, it's humbling, but also it's like, mom, he better treat you right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's all good. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you very much again for being on. It's a great show and look forward to next week. And we'll just, we'll keep these up too. We got We have to get together more often. So we'll see if we can do this more on a monthly basis. It would be great. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, God bless, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, Patriots. So that is Seth Wholehouse, man in America, truly a great voice in this day. He's got such good content. So if you're not following man in America, please do. It's worth all of it. I'll be on his show next week. When I get those specific times, I'll let you know. Um, but we always have a good conversation. And we'll continue that conversation next week into some interesting places where Seth wants to go. And, of course, it is his show. So I was kind of taking a little bit of license to encourage what we would be talking about. But wherever we end up, it'll be the right place. And that's just it right there. So, Patriots, thanks for being around tonight. 
Duncan Show, Kilted Christian is up next, where you can hang around here and chat like we always do. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, This country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. 
It has no scruples. It has no rules but one. To win at any cost. But we will never bow. For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>